0: Hello, friends. This is Dave Pasqualone with the Remarkable People Podcast, Season 1, Episode 12, The Jill Johnson Story. The Remarkable People Podcast. Check it out.
1: The Remarkable People Podcast.
0: Listen, do, repeat for life. Hey, Jill. Thanks for being here today.
1: It's my pleasure, Dave.
0: Oh, its I can't wait to do this interview. For you as the audience, just so you know how Jill and I met a few years ago, we live in Pensacola, and I was trying to find an optometrist for my family and I. And for about two years, we visited an optometrists, and we just could not find someone that we thought was giving us uh, decent care. And then we met Jill, and it was amazing. So thank you, first off. My pleasure. Yeah, and then not only that, but then right after we met you, your business was sold and changed names, and we were so afraid. We're like, no, we're going to lose her. We just found her. So we're um, really happy that when the business changed, you guys are still together, and the practice is there for our family and many others, so thank you for that. My pleasure. And then also, when I knew Jill as just the optometrist, She always had a smile on her face and joy in her heart. And I had no idea what was going on in her life. And then we actually met her again in our connect group at church. And we started being coming friends, her husband and I, Keith. And then I learned more and more about her family. And you truly have a remarkable story. So thank you for coming on today and sharing this with our guests and listeners to help them as well. Very good. All right. So today... I do not want to steal Jill's thunder or tell a lot of her story, but we're going to talk about dealing with family tragedy, grief, and loss. And Jill has, again, quite the remarkable journey, and she is still filled with the joy of the Lord, smile on her face, positive, always there to help people. So Jill, take us back as far as you see fit, where you want to go. The format of the show is you're going to talk about the past, the struggles and difficulties you faced, how you overcame them. Then we'll go where you are today and where you're headed.
1: Well, first of all, God has been the center of my life for my entire childhood, for my entire adulthood. I was very blessed. My first husband, Philip, was the spiritual leader of our family. We had two beautiful boys. And then somewhere in our mid-40s, we got this overnight change in the dynamics of our family, from being this perfect family of four to, hey, guess what? Philip has this terminal disease, it's genetic, and it's gonna kill your children also. Wow. And so immediately there's this priority shift. I mean, God was always the center, but now the days really mean something. There's more of an urgency to, to connect with God and to connect with people and to you know live out the faith we've been teaching in the youth ministry at that time. My husband, Philip died of a very rare genetic condition. He was the first occurrence in the family, so there was no way to predict it. Uh, We had about 20 months together after his initial diagnosis. We went through multiple surgeries, including a colostomy, meaning he had a colostomy bag that we had to deal with. He went through chemotherapy. Towards the middle of his treatment, he started to hallucinate and... He would have these beautiful hallucinations of people giving him gifts. He didn't. He never became violent or hard to live with, but there were times my children would wake me up and say, "Hey, mom, dad's talking to the treadmill again, like it's a person." And I would say, "Go to sleep. Let me go deal with this."
0: And how old were your kids at this time?
1: They were. We got the news on Richard's sixteenth birthday, and William was probably twelve at the time. Okay. And you know, there was about a year and a half transition until he passed. Well, when they told us this is genetic, of course, we had to get the kids tested.
0: And what was the name of this condition?
1: It's called Gardner's Syn- Syndrome. It Gar- is Gardner's
0: like in the garden? Like
1: in the garden. It's part of the FAP family, and that stands for familial adenomatous polyposis. Lots of polyps in the GI tract, and gotcha. you die of colon cancer. Okay. Mm-hmm. When they checked the kids, Richard, our oldest, did not have polyps, and William dead. So between Philip's demise, William also started his journey on battling this disease with a colectomy, meaning a reverse of the colon, and an ileostomy bag. And he's been through chemotherapy. So it's like round two. But round two started before round one finished. Mm. In the middle of that, my mother became sick. So she died shortly after my husband died. So we had three family members, you know, between my dad and myself, that we would shuttle back and forth to the ER. Okay. Or various doctor's appointments and this kind of thing. So, where does God come in in all of this? I don't know how people survive without a church family. My church family did things for me I didn't know they would do. They would show up and do my yard work for me. They would show up and bring a casserole dish for me. And this was just showing the love of Christ to help me get through. Mm -hmm. And my part in this was to work as many days as I could. And work was a saving grace because I could just put my problems aside and focus on my patience because everybody's going through something. And if Mm -hmm. I can bring a smile to one person's face, that's a victory in the face of death. Mm -hmm. And I I, I absolutely would recommend that's stage one, make someone else smile when you can't. That is a big, big step. The other thing that I could not have survived without was praying through the Psalms. Being a math science oriented person, I'm not real in touch with my emotions, Mm-hmm. And so when you're going through something really emotional, I tend to just kind of close off and not speak about it. And that's not healthy. And you go, I went to you know therapy because I wanted to be well. And mm-hmm. I said, help me deal with this. And they said, you need to get in touch with your emotions. Praying through the Psalms, I could find the words in the Psalms I could identify with. I said, this is what I'm feeling. The neat thing about the Psalms is when you're reading those woes, almost all psalms but one have a positive light in them also. And so that was my clue to find that positive light in a day, whether it was when I went for a run in the morning, there was a rainbow, or we gave a child glasses for the first time and their face lit up because they could see the leaves on the trees, those kind of things. So praying through the psalms was great.
0: Let's pause for one second. Absolutely. Some of our audience, they're believers in Christ. Some of them are not believers in Christ. But what we always explain is the same foundational truths will work for everyone. So with that in mind, the Psalms is a book within the Bible, Mm -hmm. and it was written by David. And explain it to the audience, just how you interpret it. Because this obviously made a huge difference in your life. So explain, what is a Psalms?
1: It's a poetry writing. It's poetry written to God it talks about how we're feeling it talks about god's goodness it talks about how to turn our sorrows into joy so it is poetry and it's not fast reading it's not a story to make you feel good it's something you can go word by word and really sink your teeth into
0: and it's how david back then dealt with his pain yes so okay so that for you as a listener the whole bible is amazing But at different points, we have different needs. So what Jill's talking about is how God used that work of Psalms to give her strength. Yes. So let's do a quick recap. So you're going through life. Everything seems literally almost ideal. Yes. You're working as an optometrist. Your husband's good. Your kids are good. And then suddenly he becomes ill. You're dealing with him sick. Then while he's sick, you find out your kids might be sick and one was And then your mother gets sick. Yes. So this is a daily process. You're saying that you're making somebody, church was helping you. Going to work was a relief. It's a key to make someone else smile Mm -hmm. to help bring others joy. That brings you joy. And then you mentioned something, not only the Psalms, you were there and you're reading, we're going to go deep into that. But you mentioned running. Yes. How did that help you during that?
1: well um it was a great way to start the day i would get up and before anyone else was up mm-hmm. i could go for a run and do something just for me now keep in mind when my husband was first going to sleep at night that's when the hallucinations would happen mm-hmm. so many times i would sleep on the floor in front of our bedroom door so that he would have to trip over me if he was going to go out and walk somewhere because he could he you know during the day he was okay but at night he would just it's almost like Alzheimer's. He just would do funny things. Yeah. And he could sell and he could be harmful to himself without realizing it. So that was a defense mechanism. But he was deep in slumber early in the morning. That's when I could go and, and run.
0: You could be at peace, I could just be knowing. at peace.
1: He's fine. Yeah. He's fine. Yes. And
0: that's crazy too. Did they I've never personally met anyone who had medical problems to the point of hallucination. That didn't have unpleasant hallucinations or scary hallucinations. He's yeah. the
1: only one. Uh, <laughs> I cr- tell you excellent. what, it was a make funny story. If there's time, it's not you can cut there's, it out. But
0: there is no script to this show, <laughs> listeners. You don't mind, right? We can always uh.
1: right, right. He he woke up one morning, and like I said, he thinks clearer in the morning. He looked at me and he said, "Did the entire Pittsburgh Steeler?" Uh, football team give me the winning football from when they won the national championships last night. I said, um, no, sweetheart. That was a hallucination. <laughs> uh, it's not even football. Season. He goes, dang it. I was hoping that one was real.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, no. the sense of humor he had was amazing. Just Aww. amazing. He, like I said, we went to counseling and therapy and this kind of thing, because we hit head thing on, mm-hmm. hit, hit heads th- things head on because there's just no other way to deal with it. You mm-hmm. can't hide it. You know, and then as you move forward in the story, he passed away. Mm-hmm. We had a beautiful celebration of life. Many people came to Christ at his funeral because of the way he lived his life.
0: It, two things on that. Yes. How long was it from the diagnosis till he passed? 20 months. 20 months. 20 okay. months. And then what did he do for work? What was his career? He
1: was my office manager.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I was the doctor. He was the office manager. So, about three weeks before we found out his diagnosis, we sold the practice, and he was going to go into business for himself consulting. Okay. So, God already took care of that for us, and so I'm working for someone else when we get the news, hey, guess what? He's terminal. Wow. So, he never did go into consulting, but...
0: But you had that clean break. We had that clean break and
1: transition. It was already done without any stress or worries.
0: Man, that's amazing. God
1: is always amazing.
0: Okay, so now you're at the funeral.
1: Funeral. Many people come to Christ because of this, because of the witness. Um, He helped plan his own funeral. Mm -hmm. We had a a recording of him singing for his own funeral. I mean, he just we hit head things head on and dealt with it. And um, about two months after he passed. I was on a website about widowed to young. I was 43 at the time, you mm-hmm. know, widowed, had been married 21 years to them, you know, and, uh, and this ad came up for Christian Mingle. So kind of as a joke with my 16-year-old, well, now he was 17-year-old son sitting next to me, I created a little profile. Well, sure enough, I met someone and he is a um, chaplain. And I said, you know, I'm a new widow. We had a lot to talk. Chaplain for hospice. Okay. Yeah, chaplain for hospice. Oh, even more. Yeah, he'd been in hospice for 11 years. So we started communicating and ended up dating and got married about six months later. Amen. (laughs) And that is my current husband, Keith. We've been married now for seven years. Nice. Yes. And... That was very fast. All of the experts in grief will say there's no right path, but then they'll turn around and say, wait, that's way too quick.
0: Yeah, they usually say at least a year for grieving, then start dating.
1: That's supposed... That's, that, that's it, a statistical that's a, good thing. Exactly. But for you, that's
0: just not how it got That's
1: just not the way it was. But then again, he is the grief expert. Case in point, when it came time for us to get married and him to move into the house... He mm-hmm. said, I know that our premarriage counseling told us, hey, you should both sell your homes and create a home together. He said, Your children aren't ready for that. He said, Let me move in. Keep all the family pictures of your deceased husband up. Add a couple of me. I will tell you when they're ready.
0: So you're super understanding and exceptional at the end. Never
1: would this. have happened that quick if it hadn't been him. Yep. And four months after we were married, my son Richard came to us and said, I need help. Well, what do you need help with? Apparently, instead of taking advantage of the therapy session, he self-medicated. Mm-hmm. And without going too deep in his story, he needed to go um, through the friary, which is a program to clean you up chemically. And, you know, again, he came to ask for help. Had I not been married at that point, had I been just dating someone at that point, I would have totally cut them off and said, I need to focus on my child. Mm-hmm. But what I had instead was a life partner saying... Hmm, let me give up my chaplaincy job, which he did, so I can be home to make sure these kids are going to be okay. One, Richard's going to need to and from after his rehab, and we don't want anyone knocking on the door after school when William's home by himself for the younger one.
0: Man, that's amazing.
1: Yeah so and just long story short richard has made recovery in one shot they told us that never happens that there's always a relapse it's been Mm -hmm. seven years there's been no relapse he is currently serving in our military he is married i mean (laughs) yes
0: that's yes
1: that's a god blessing i couldn't have done that without a life partner my husband so having it early i see god's plan in it not long after that was when William started to decline his health. This is the younger son who has the same genetic condition. Okay. And Keith, again, because he wasn't working, was able to take him to him from all his doctor's appointment to his, from all his chemotherapy appointments to, you know, sit with him. Now, when there was surgery, I took time off. Mm-hmm. But if there wasn't surgery, I worked. Mm-hmm. So, And his condition is so rare, it's not treated just in Pensacola. The doctors we see are at MD Anderson, Texas. Okay. So we go to Houston once a quarter.
0: Okay, wow. Yeah,
1: so my darling, loving husband takes care of all that.
0: And how old is William now? William
1: is now 21.
0: 21, and he's still receiving treatment?
1: He finished his last chemotherapy about six months ago, and we were told, against all odds, they're not growing. Amen. So he's been chemotherapy-free. He's been able to move out of the house and live on his own. It's truly remarkable.
0: Wow. And is he on any kind of special diet, or is this not diet? I mean, everything's diet-related to a point.
1: You know, that's a good point. He doesn't have a colon. He has to be real careful not to dehydrate. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And nutritional, you know, when you take a pill of anything, it's going to go pass through him before it absorbs. So So he has to do liquids? liquids. So he has to be very careful with his nutrition. Okay. There's no restrictions. He just has to be very careful.
0: Yes. And wise with, yeah, you can eat a donut, but that's probably not the best thing to do right now.
1: You know what? <laughs> Whatever he can tolerate sometimes. Is eat it. Eat it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, let's go back. Let's go yeah, back. Yeah. So you had your husband get ill. Mm-hmm. Your mother passed away.
1: Two, about two years after my husband did.
0: Two years after your husband did. Your son didn't deal with things at that time The first son mm-hmm. and like you know you always say you can't run from your problems Mm-mm. and he self-medicated which we all do every sure. one of us the listeners me you sure we will all medicate if it's not treated right some of us through porn through alcohol through drugs through anyone through overworking mm-hmm. everybody's going to medicate somehow unless we deal with it right right so let's go back that's really important You are going through all this tragedy, what most people would call tragedy. Yes. And not you have great optimistic attitude. But for the listener right now struggling and getting depressed and not knowing where to turn to, let's talk about counseling. Because it's like (laughs) doctors, attorneys, any profession, secretaries, janitors, there's good and bad in all kinds. Mm -hmm. And when you're letting somebody in your brain, it's really important to get somebody who knows what they're doing and cares. So talk about counseling, how it should look, how to look for a good practitioner, you know, how it helped you. Because there's all sorts. There's a Freudian kind of where you sit on a couch and smoke, I mean snort cocaine and talk about your mother. <laughs> you know, everything's your mom's fault in that, right? Sure. But you know sure. what I'm talking about. How what counseling helped you and how?
1: So the first thing I did is I went to my primary care physician. I have a great relationship with my primary care physician. And I said, my husband's just been diagnosed with this terrible illness. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. This is a, a paradigm shift. And this was before we knew about the other son having it and, my fr- and the other son self-medicating and mom being ill. And this is at the very, very beginning, like the day after he mm-hmm. was diagnosed. And he said, I am so sorry you're going to have to go through this. Wow. As a physician, if you're a physician out there, that's a fantastic line. I am yeah. so sorry you're going to have to go through this. And I will be here to help you. And he wrote down the name of three different counselors he wanted me to Google, look up at their ratings, and see which one I thought I'd do best with.
0: Okay. Awesome. So you have a really excellent primary care I do. Physician.
1: I do. And so I did that.
0: And I, then you researched.
1: I researched. Who's going to fit. But I, I, if you had just... If he gave me three specific ones. That, that was helpful for me. If you give me too many options, I'd take too long to decide. Mm-hmm. Three specific ones. And I picked one. I called... I'm going to
0: stop there, too. What were you looking for?
1: A female okay. around my age okay. who wasn't just going to write a prescription, who would actually talk to me. Okay. And um, while it didn't have to be only Christian-based, that mm-hmm. she needed to understand, that's where my heart was.
0: Because mm-hmm. all truth comes from God. Yes. And no matter who you are, sure. you need somebody who's going to apply biblical practices, even if they don't credit the Bible. And that's what's going to bring success exactly okay so your your research consisted of reading their websites and exactly. literature looking for the criteria bottom line female someone who understands your worldview
1: and that doesn't mean a male couldn't
0: no you just felt comfortable with that's
1: what i felt comfortable with. absolutely that's just what i felt comfortable yeah with. and when i called and spoke to the lady Who answers her phones and said, okay, here's who I am. Here's how I'm getting here. Here's, in a nutshell, what's going on with me. And she said, your name sounds familiar. And it turns out that her receptionist goes to Sunday school with my dad. Mm. And already knew this story. Because my dad had shared with his sunday school please be in prayer with my daughter and i went well if that isn't a sign from god this is where i'm supposed to be
0: <laughs> small world i was baby. like
1: the first one i called i felt comfortable with done nice. done and we had weekly sessions for a while then monthly sessions for a while and then she said, you're doing great. Call me if you need me. And so after he passed away, I called her and said, well, he passed. I guess I should come in. I came in twice. And she says, you're doing fine processing this. If you have questions, call.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and this is great because you do have a Christian worldview. But mm-hmm. whether you're a Christian or not, there is a huge stigma against counselors and against getting help a lot of times. People feel like, oh, it's wrong. Or if I go, I'm weak. Or they're just whack jobs. And there is some truth to that because there's some bad in that field but there's also a lot of good counselors and if we seek them out and pray and find mm-hmm. those like you said you went from weekly section, sessions to biweekly to come as needed yes it's not a endless bucket of no, no. hope and no, you no, can no. get people would you say this and person really helped you.
1: Absolutely, and it's hard work. Mm-hmm. You don't just go in and feel good when you're done. You go in, you go, gosh, I got homework to do. And <laughs> I feel, I feel like you have picked a scab, and I mean, it's hard. It's, it's like going to physical therapy mm-hmm. after you've had a break in your leg. You go to physical therapy, and it hurts, but it's not forever.
0: Exactly. Once it's
1: rehabbed, you're good to go.
0: Short-term loss for long-term gain. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Great and, advice. And you know
1: that brings up another thought. Anyone who's going through this, it's just a season things will get good again. Yep. Find those small joys until you can get there.
0: Now, describe that. Find the small joys. Like, your, like said, yeah. your world is in chaos to the outside perspective. <laughs> What's a small joy you found?
1: Like I said, at work, it would be making someone smile, whether it's a co-worker or a patient. At, at church, it could be just the fact that I made worship because I'm not in the ER with a child. (laughs) And I'm delighted to be singing to the Lord. Just any small joy. It could be, hey, it's not raining, so I went for a run.
0: (laughs) So you're really the everyday things that we sadly take for granted, you're finding the goodness. And you're praising God and thankful
1: in dating my current husband Mm -hmm. and realizing I was going to marry him. Both I've been blessed twice. Both husbands have been phenomenally good spiritual leaders but I appreciate the second one more because mm-hmm. I lost the first one.
0: Yep. That's that's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so let's do this. Yes. So now your son, the older son, gets help. He's doing great, married, serving our country and God, and he's moving forward seemingly no issues. He got help. He got the help he needed. Your younger son, you said he just finished chemotherapy. He's doing well for the most part. He's able to
1: work full time. So he has moved out with one of his best friends. And that right now is all he really wants to do is be a normal 21-year-old out of mom's house.
0: Yeah, (laughs) which sounds right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds about right.
1: (laughs) I am delighted for him. Delighted for him.
0: Great. So what's your life look like today? So we went through the past. Mm -hmm. To maintain this joy and this positive outlook, what are the things you do each day? Because I know, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, you tell me if I'm wrong, but all of us, we can easily have a thought or a trigger and Mm -hmm. brings us back to the pain. Yes. And we want to naturally feel sorry for ourselves or be depressed.
1: Let's talk about Christmas. Okay. (laughs) We just got past the Christmas season. Christmas was hard.
0: And just so the listeners know, Jill has this peaceful, joyful smile on her face. (laughs) We're sitting here talking about these... Topics that she's kind of to share with us, and if you're listening to this and you can relate, I just want you to know she's sitting here with a smile on her mm-hmm. face, not fake. It's real, and she's just amazing. So thank you for being on the show.
1: <laughs> Christmas was hard. Yeah, and it's you. You miss some of the old family traditions because the people aren't there. Your mom's not there. Your husband's not there. And I. I it's okay to be depressed. Mm -hmm. And I would tell myself, okay, so my goals today are, these may be small goals, but it would accomplish something. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get a shower. I'm going to do my hair and my makeup. So when I look in the mirror, I feel presented. Mm -hmm. And today I'm going to think about a new Christmas tradition. I'm going to start because now, since I'm remarried, I have a daughter, a stepdaughter. She and her husband live two doors down with our grandbaby, who's, two months old uh, excuse me two years old so that is a blessing and i'm going to create this new tradition involving my stepdaughter and granddaughter because that's the only grandchildren i'm going to have because okay. with this genetic condition my kids have told, been told don't have kids of your own my son and his wife don't want children they said maybe we'll adopt down the way but I re- they may not you know william says he's never going to have children You know and i i kind of believe them Mm -hmm. so this is it if i didn't have this i would not have a grandchild to love on
0: and this is through keith
1: this is through keith okay this is through keith so we created traditions this christmas and i told her i said i know you're missing your mother i know she said my our tradition is to make divinity i said let's make divinity together my tradition what's divinity it is a you take egg whites and you whip them up and okay. you let it dry out, and it's just real sweet with some nuts in it. It's bright white. Okay. Ask your wife. She'll make you some.
0: <laughs> I've never had that. I'm, I'm about to be 43. I've never had it. Okay. You don't have to give me the recipe. I'll put it in the show notes as a link. <laughs> if you get a good divinity recipe. There you
1: go. There you go. And you know, one of the traditions I had was making a gingerbread house. Well, with a two-year-old granddaughter and the advent of Frozen, we found a kit with the Frozen 2 castle and made a ginger castle uh, and just created some memories, and that helped deal with the depression. No, you can't go back. Those days are gone. But you can go forward, and you can appreciate today. That doesn't mean they're all good. There are days I just want to curl up in a ball and cry. And sometimes I say, you know what? I think I'm going to allow myself just to curl up in a ball and cry, but just, just for a short period of time.
0: So you set boundaries. Yes. Yeah. Ta- let's talk. Let's. You have become good at this and you're still, we're all growing. It's not perfect. But from what I'm listening to you, it really sounds like you're working through the healing and that's amazing. Right. And you have Keith right. to help you and right. more than you have the Lord. But go through these little steps because a thought comes in your head mm-hmm. and you literally can go from really happy to, oh, in a right, split first, second. First so how do you deal with that? First, when thought comes
1: through, you say, is it real or okay. is it exaggerated? Okay. In five years, will it make a difference? Okay. And, you know, if you say, yeah, it's real, no, it's not exaggerated, yeah, it makes a difference, does it glorify God? Okay. And if that thought of, I miss my mother, I miss her especially at Christmas time, but does that glorify God? No. What would glorify God? Um, making a new tradition with my grandchild.
0: Okay. And then you take those, you're making these new traditions Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you're putting that, you mentioned a couple of times, I don't know if you even realize it, but you're saying make a new tradition. So that's a goal to work towards. Yes. You say, I'm going to stay in bed, but I'm only going to stay in bed for one hour. That's correct. A goal to work. You're always putting goals in front of yourself. Yes. Do you realize you're doing that or is it just how you've learned to overcome?
1: Well, it's honestly been my entire life that way. Really?
0: So, Explain that uh, Okay. Me. All
1: right. So in the fourth grade, I got glasses for the first time and realized there were leaves on trees and blades <laughs> of black grass on the ground. And I went home and told my mom, I want to be an optometrist. And she said, really? I said, yep. I want to make people see. Fourth grade. Fourth grade. That's when I got glasses. Never changed my mind. And so <laughs> as you get a little older, you say, okay, so to make that goal happen, how much schooling do I need? Okay, well, to make that goal happen, what kind of classes do I need to take? Well, to make that goal happen, how uh, what kind of grades do I need to make? <clears throat> I am very goal-oriented. So this goal step works for me. That doesn't mean it works for everybody else, but for me, it does. Well, and those were things I learned in therapy.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish. Where there's and, no
1: vision, the people perish.
0: Yep. And there's always the precedent throughout, cover to cover in the right. Bible. But you can listen to any motivational speaker or any, you know, self-help guru. They're always talking about the importance of goals. I remember one of the ones that stuck with me. They said, you know, Zig Ziglar, if you shoot for nothing, you'll hit every time.
1: <laughs> the one minute manager. <laughs> yep. And
0: then Ben Stein, you got mm-hmm. he talks about how the indispensable f- first step is knowing what you want. So even at a young age, you knew what you wanted. I did. And you worked towards those goals. And then I guess, so right now when you're battling the depression, you're giving yourself the time to grieve. You're giving yourself the boundaries. But when you're in that bed, it's not easy to get out sometimes. So what do you do to get out? Or well, do you just do it? Forget feelings. Let's stick to fact. <laughs> Stick to the plan.
1: No. Um, again, I'll say, well, if I don't get up now, I won't have time to go. I don't run anymore because I have a knee problem. I won't have time to go walk. If I don't get up now, I won't have time to do my hair and makeup. And I literally have a checklist each day. And at the end of the day, if I have enough checks on my checklist of of things I did for myself that are healthy for me, you know, I ate right, I drank enough water, I got enough sleep, those kinds of things. I'm like, ooh, let's do a reward. And a little reward could be a tiny little piece of dark chocolate. It doesn't take much. Or maybe I'll say, ooh, Saturday I'll go do a pedicure Or maybe when it's time to go get a haircut, I'll get that extra treatment, keratin treatment I want. So Mm -hmm. I do little rewards because when it comes down to it, you have to realize that you are a precious child of God. Mm -hmm. You are a daughter of the king. That makes you a princess. (laughs) And you are worth it. Absolutely. Okay. And then your responsibility with that big gift is how are you going to share that with others? So you have to take care of yourself so that you can take care of others.
0: That's huge. Let's go into that because I, until, oof. I say I didn't understand that until maybe four years ago and I still struggle with it. I take care of everybody else, Uh work myself to exhaustion, suck it up, be a man. That's what I think.
1: Yes. How old are you?
0: I'm 43. And I've been critically okay. ill twice in my life.
1: How about that?
0: And it was not helping me to be a workaholic. Uh-huh. In my mind, it's work hard, get things done, help people.
1: Do, you know, it, do you know when mine hit? I, yeah. I did that, that whole workaholic thing until about 47.
0: 47. All right. I'm a little bit ahead of
1: you, maybe. <laughs> so at 43 is when I lost my husband. And that was a priority shift because you realize what's truly important. No. Uh, you know, in a way that you didn't understand before. And I used the gifts and talents God gave me with that goal orientedness to get through it. Great. But I didn't learn how to relax and be good to myself until menopause hit. And I couldn't do anything but that. Mm. Yes.
0: So, but for the audience listening, they may have not ever they're like, what are they talking about? Take care of yourself. No, that's selfishness. Talk about that because
1: the difference between self care and selfish.
0: Yes. Because that, it's real. It's important. Mm -hmm. And like you said, if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of other people. That doesn't mean be a selfish pig and do everything for yourself. (laughs) Don't misinterpret. But let Jill explain to you the difference between self-care and selfish.
1: Okay. My body is a temple for God. Mm -hmm. I need to take care of that temple. That means I eat right. I drink water. I exercise. I take time to... Take care of my mental and emotional health with it: journaling, praying through the Psalms, taking time to worship, doing good deeds for others. That's right. part of self-care for me, because that gives me a happy. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you ever
0: hear the song again? Some people have heard this. I'm at Count Your Blessings. That song it's in the hymnal. Has been around for a hundred years. Count your blessings, name them one by one.
1: Oh yeah, count I know, your yes, blessings. Yes, yes, yes. God has done.
0: And for you, I'm sorry, I can't sing. <laughs> But that song, do you know how? Do you know the history behind that? I don't. There was a woman who was depressed, and she kept going to her pastor and saying, I need help, I need help, I need help. And the pastor one day, he's just like, you know what? I'll help you. We're going to meet this time, but I need you to help me first. There's somebody who needs this. Groceries, I think it was one of them. Um, Can you deliver them for me? Then come back and we'll meet. So long story short, he kept giving this woman tasks to help him so he'd have the time to meet right. with her. And then she realized, wow, I've been so into myself. And not only am I helping other people, but I'm finding joy from this. That's how that song was Do you know one of my
1: favorite hymns is actually It Is Well With My Soul? Do you know the story behind that one with Horatio Spafford? Share that, share that. So it goes something like this. He loses his family on the sea voyage, his, I guess, wife and, and children. And he writes this beautiful hymn. When sorrows like sea billows flow, and then he says, it is well, it is well with my soul. Because all he could come back to losing his entire family is, he is still right with God. Yeah. And we know as Christians, we will see them again.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, with when William was super critically ill, and we thought this was goodbye, I had this beautiful image of my first husband up in heaven next to Jesus, and me throwing our baby up to him saying, here, catch. Huh.
0: And that that's a beautiful picture, Mm-hmm. and that you just he'll be safer and happier than we. Could he won't ever be. hurt
1: because boy, it is. It it was harder to watch my late husband hurt than it was to miss him when it was gone. Mm.
0: To watch someone and you can't do anything.
1: It was harder to watch him hurt than it was to miss him when it was gone.
0: Yeah. For the people out there dealing with that right now, Mm -hmm. what words of encouragement do you have for them?
1: It's going to get better. I promise. Keep trying.
0: And each day, when they have the thousand thoughts and the thousand, the screams in their ears of quit, it's no ear, you know, it's never going to get better. It's that discouragement. What what are you telling them? What's the good voice?
1: (laughs) So those are the lies of the devil. God says you are precious, and he's going to take care of you. You know, mm-hmm. funny story. When I was praying to God after my husband passed, and I said, God, you promised you would be father to the fatherless, husband to the widow. And I'm calling you out on that. <laughs> and I want you to show up and show out in a big way. Now, I was expecting just to feel better, to have more courage to go forward. I was not expecting him to hand me Keith, but he <laughs> handed me a real-life person. Big big surprise,
0: and I'm not saying this, but I mean I love Keith. He's such a great guy. He is. We go to the men's group together, and he is a great human. You've been blessed. Mm-hmm. So we talked about eating right. Talked about exercising. Mm-hmm. Talked about selfishness versus self care. Be self caring. Right. Journaling. Yes. You mentioned that two or three times. Yes. I love doing this, and it helps me tremendously. Talk to the listeners about journaling.
1: I hate journaling. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like doing it, but I love the result.
0: Talk about it.
1: Journaling is like running. I like the results of running. I don't like actually running. Uh, Journaling was the homework given to me by my counselor that was hard work. It's Mm -hmm. hard heart work. It's hard emotional work. It's a great emotional outlet for those who have the gift of writing. Again, I'm a math science person. Writing is not my gift.
0: Different part of the brain.
1: Different part of the brain. But it helps you get in touch with things. And when you go back and review it, you can see how far you've come.
0: Yeah. And nobody reads it. This is just for you.
1: Unless you choose to share it.
0: It, Yeah. Unless you choose to share it. But this is just you.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I found, and again, I don't want to speak for you, physically writing on paper, pen and ink on paper tree, that to me, engages a different part of my brain. Some people type. Mm -hmm. Some people record, like on uh, their phone or whatever. But I find writing on paper. What about you?
1: I definitely write it on paper.
0: Yeah, so you agree. It engages more your brain and different parts of your mind.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and then if you have bad handwriting, don't worry about it. You're probably never going to read it again anyways. (laughs) Just pour it out, right? Like, how do you journal? See, how I journal is this. I have a mind that never, I mean, it doesn't really stop. It doesn't slow down. And there's times where i become very, like, overwhelmed, hard to sleep, lots of nightmares. But what I found works best for me, is the first thing I do when I get up in the morning. I talk to God. I'll take out that journal. I will literally write down, you know, the Bible talks about cast your cares upon me. So I literally take Every care I have and I write it out, everything I can think of. And it doesn't matter if I write the same thing seven days in a row or seven years in a row. I just pour it all out, shut it, pray over it. And then I go on my day and it's like, oh, I don't even think about this stuff anymore. I wish I found this 42 years ago, you know? How do you journal? Is it similar? Is it totally different?
1: Different. Okay, this Different. is great then. Different. Started with Psalms, and I would read through them until I found a, a particular verse that spoke to me. And I'd write that verse at the top, and I'd write, why is this speaking to me? What is God saying to me through this verse? Awesome. And um, praying over that. And you know what you end up with? A list of burdens you need to cast on him. Yeah. <laughs> it just, again, you're able to do it without the prompt. I need the prompt to help me out.
0: And that's this is what's beautiful, because mm-hmm. all of our listeners are different. We're different. And you know what? I might even try that. I mean, there's been times where I've read my Bible, and God, <laughs> did you ever have it where you read your Bible, and it's like, you've read this passage literally 150 mm-hmm. times, but it's like, bang, right off the page. Wow. It stops you dead in your tracks. This is what you need.
1: That's why it's a living word.
0: Yep. But you find, you keep going back to Psalms. Psalms, I never even understood the Psalms until 2015. And I still don't feel like I have a grasp. I feel like I got 1%. What are the Psalms to you?
1: So when we would do Bible studies before, I'd read through the Psalms and go, I don't get it. It's not a story. What's so going on?
0: You agree with me. It's Totally. Fine. You either get it or you don't.
1: But then when I read through it through the lens of grief. Yep. There'd be parts of it, I'm like, I don't get it. Then I'd read a, a verse and i go, oh my gosh, that's exactly how I feel. Yep. And so it's, to me, it was a way to get in touch with the feelings, to give me that prompt, to get, to figure out how to express it appropriately. So that, that was a huge, huge thing.
0: It's crazy how two different people, two different lives, but we have the exact same experience. At our lowest of low, mm-hmm. that's when... The Psalms came alive and it was understandable. Yes. I, I felt like I was reading a different language and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I get it.
1: it that's exactly right. That's Man, exactly so if you're right.
0: listening <laughs> and you're going through tough times, read the Psalms. Try my approach, Jill's approach. It approaches you and then write in. Tell us what we can help other listeners with. But it really helps. It really it does. does. It does. All right. So all this has happened. We went through your past.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're at the present. Mm-hmm. So where's Jill today?
1: Well, today... What are you up to? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Today, I am enjoying an empty nest with my second husband. The grandbaby's two doors down, so we get to see her frequently. I know, uh, I know. It's wonderful. Um, Having one son in the military, so there's periods of time where there's no contact, mm -hmm. but I'm grateful for his service. And then with William, we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop because this disease did not get cured. It has not gone away. This is a season of rest and joy and if there's a family trip we want to take now's the time because we don't know what the future holds but the odds are he's not going to live long and i am going to have to say goodbye so right now it's very important to enjoy some good wholesome memories together that's where we're at and i don't worry about the future it'll happen when it happens i've already been through loss I know God is right there with you to take care of you. Mm -hmm. So there's no fear in that. There's a sense of urgency to make sure that we make some memories.
0: Okay. So you know that he's eventually...
1: He'll die before I do.
0: He's going to die. And that's hard. You say it like, I mean...
1: It's accepted.
0: It's accepted. How did you get to that point? And I thank you so much for sharing this. Cause <laughs> that's tough. I can't even imagine like losing my child, and you have to deal with that reality.
1: I told you about my beautiful image. One day I'm going to throw him up to heaven. Jesus is going to catch him, and, and his daddy's going to be right there beside him.
0: And all is well.
1: And all is well. It is well with my soul.
0: And you just keep remind. You don't think of the bad. You keep going back to the good. The vision. The forward. The goal. Yep.
1: Yep. The things I pray for is when the time comes, I really don't want to watch him in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. I know I can suffer through that again, but I really don't want to. That's the hard part. Mm-hmm. Missing him is the easy part for me.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean.
1: You know, but my situation was different. Others who experience grief, it's a car accident. Bam, they're gone. And they didn't get to prepare.
0: They didn't have that time to say goodbye.
1: Yeah, that's harder. Yeah. I had time to say goodbye.
0: Yeah. Wow. I mean, every situation is different. Every situation is difficult. But the way we deal with it, it's all going to these the same core concepts of truth and the fundamentals of healing. So Yes.
1: Taking care of yourself.
0: Taking care of yourself.
1: Taking care of others.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you'd like to talk about? Something you feel it's important? Something you feel like for the people listening today like words of encouragement, anything, anything on the planet.
1: At your lowest, focus on the character of God.
0: Okay, talk about that. What's that mean? Because <laughs> let's say somebody doesn't even believe in God. They're like, "What? you guys keep talking with God, okay? Give me the practical steps to get through. But we keep talking with God because we know the strength. At the lowest of low, when everybody's turned their, back, their backs, or we have nothing. There's this comfort and peace knowing God's there.
1: They talk about the peace that passes all understanding you, don't, you can't understand it. You can't think your way around it, but it is there.
0: So if someone didn't know God yet, and they're listening to this right now, and they're going through a hard time, give them a couple of reasons to think about God, to love God, to characteristics of God, how He's helped you.
1: Well, in the beginning, there was just God. And He was lonely for us, so He created us to be in this perfect union. But then we chose to sin... And not be in that perfect union. And that's created this brokenness and all this harm and hurt in the world. Mm -hmm. And the only way back from that brokenness back to God is through Jesus Christ. God loved us so much. He sent his son down to die on the cross, to be buried, to be raised from the dead, to create that path back to him. It's, It's our choice to turn and follow him or it's our choice not to. So, it's a choice you have to make. Mm -hmm. You can't claim ignorance.
0: The choices, and it's not you have to do these five things. It's just literally trusting him.
1: It's trusting him.
0: And he is a loving father, a caring father, a wonderful father we can laugh with and enjoy. Mm -hmm. If someone was like, all right, I just... Where can I learn? I want to learn, what are they talking about? Who's this God? How would you recommend they start?
1: I'd start in Romans. Romans chapter 1. It's in the Bible.
0: Romans (laughs) 1. All right.
1: Because Romans was written to people who did not know God.
0: The Romans actually crucified Jesus.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes, they did. But it was specifically written for people who did not know God to tell them about the character of God and then you can respond accordingly.
0: Awesome. And I'll put a link in the show notes to maybe some passages out of Romans that would be more direct. But God, cover to cover, is throughout the Bible. But God is every moment of time in life. It's but just, you know, the first time
1: cho- you read the Bible cover to cover, there's a lot of confusing things.
0: Oh, I'm not saying... Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. That's not what I am saying. I'm saying He's all over... He's yes. throughout the Bible. But even looking around, if you really think about... Like people who joke around, what came first, the chicken or the egg? It's a chicken, hundred percent. Even if you're a straight up scientist, you have to have a parent to raise the child. If you took an egg and left it on the ground, it's not going to hatch, let alone have someone to develop it and feed it. So that whole lie of chicken or egg—it's a chicken. Okay, so now the question is, where did chicken come from? Didn't come from aliens. Came from somewhere. Now again all different theories and reasons. But right now, today, we're talking about grief. We're talking about how Jill dealt with it and has a smile on her face and joy. This is her story. This is how she did it through Christ and then through these practical steps. Well, Jill, I thank you very much for being here today. My I pleasure. really appreciate You truly are a remarkable person. <laughs> I counted it a blessing to know you and be your friend. To those of you listening today, if you have any questions for Jill, we'll put a link to, that she want that you can communicate with her to maybe email or connect with in the show notes. Also, if this episode has helped you or if you think it can help someone else you know, please share it, rate it, review it, like it in your social media. <coughs> excuse me, especially on like Apple Podcasts. And if you have any questions, let us know. Thanks for being here today. We love you, and go do something with this knowledge. Don't just sit on it. Have a great day. The Remarkable People Podcast. Check it out.
1: The Remarkable People Podcast.
0: Listen. Do. Repeat. For life. Hey. Hello. Is this thing on? Hey, this is Dave with DavePasquale.com and the Remarkable People Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As a thank you for being a loyal guest and friend, I wanted to throw out a special that you can take advantage of, no strings attached, just to help. If you go to my website, davidpascalone.com go to the Contact Us page and write me, there's two special offers for you today. One is a free 30-minute sales coaching session that you can take advantage of. Just say, heard you on RPP episode 12. And the second is a $100 discount off our very popular sales and marketing ER program. So you can either get a free 30-minute sales coaching session, or you can get $100 off a sales and marketing ER. And the sales and marketing ER stands for Evaluations and Recommendations, Check it out on the website. It's a kick butt program that will really spark your sales and your organization. So, again, this is Dave Pasqualone. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Please rate and review this podcast with five stars on Apple and Google or your favorite directory. And if you can't give us five stars, let us know why so we can fix it. And when it comes to helping you grow, take us up on that free 30 minute sales coaching session or $100 off the sales in ER. Have a great day, God bless, and see you at the top.